Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only tool you need to dominate fantasy football. It's the only time we hear Tim's voice these days. Mr. New Dad. Being a father. What a lame guy, huh? What up, yeah, Matt? How you doing? Terrible it is to raise your children. <laughs> I'm good, man. <laughs> I'm your host today and our host for the last couple of weeks since Tim is, is on fatherly duties. I'm here with Matt, of course. Me and the Dynasty Don himself. Today we have a building off of last week's episode um, where we recap the RB free agent frenzy. We're going to be recapping the wide receivers and tight ends that are headed in free agency and a couple cut candidates because, dude, you know how like in like you say you're playing 2K and you have the my player and you have all these like buttons you could you have a limited amount of like the attributes you could add to your player when you start. Right. Like yeah. if if you're going to be fast, your three point shooting might have to be a little lower. Right. I feel yep. like I feel like someone started a an NFL game and just gave all the juice to the running backs. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like leave the wide receivers. Who cares about the wide receivers? Because it's, like it's a real rough free agent class. All ten of the wide receivers that we discussed, uh, excuse me, running backs that we discussed last week could arguably like you could say that each of them are like better than the free agent. We were talking 100%. about a couple cut candidates who are definitely better than the free agents, just because you know we got to get some throw some spice up in here. But yeah, with that being said, this. uh this podcast is, of course, brought to you by the Fantasy Football by Broto app. Download the Fantasy Football by Broto app in any app store on the iPad, whatever whatever your heart desires to get player grades, stats, coaching stats, player comps coming soon. Um, Matt's Dynasty profiles are coming out. He started with Jordan Addison and sneak peek. He has Quinton Johnston ready to go as well, which should be released in a day or two. Um, so download the app. Keep it downloaded if you already have it because we're going to be continuing to provide Everything you need to dominate Got fantasy football. Spicy entire updates coming too. That's right. And look, this is long overdue. But before we jump into the wide receivers and tight ends, I got to give a shout out to the patron league winners because I we haven't shout <laughs> shouted them out yet. Facts. Yeah. All right, much love. Look, yeah, shout out to Ryan, who won one of the patron leagues. Kenny won one of the patron leagues. Chasen killed it this year. Shiz, one of our writers, took down the uh, the Brodo Dynasty League. And a special shout-out to Dominic, who, if you listen to us this year, you know that we ran the Unlimited League, which was a 16-team league between the Brodo dudes and the patrons. No um, no positions, only flex. And it was, like, it was a contest, 16 teams in two different leagues. The top four from each made it to the playoffs, and it was a whole thing. Dominic was in one of the leagues. Um, we had a last second fallout from someone, um, and Dominic took over for that person in the other league. So he had two teams, one in each unlimited league. This guy not only ran through everybody <laughs> in each insane. of the leagues in the regular season, ending on top in both, but into the playoffs and the tournament style, this kid ended first and second. He had the yeah, two he beat himself. <laughs> yes, he had the two absolute best teams of all thirty-two teams. 
an Which absolute just, like dream season. Incredible just performance. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely ludicrous to have that kind of success. So biggest shout out to Dominic, but of course also shout out to Ryan, Kenny, and Chasen as well, who had very good seasons and took down their Broda Leagues. Party belts are going to be sent to them as a token of winning the league. Um, Partybelts.com to get your championship belts as well. Party Belts is ran by a great guy and is a great company. So go ahead and uh, check Thanks. that out. Matt, do you like my uh, my mug? True Farms? Fire. True Farms. Bed and breakfast, weapons, slash self-defense. That is amazing. So I have a story that I just randomly got to get out there now. I have a a mug on one side that says world's best boss. And on the other nice. side, it says Dunder Mifflin. And it bothers the crap out of me because that's not canon. It's not a Dunder Mifflin mug. He bought it himself from yeah. Spencer Gifts for himself. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, yeah, my girl got it for me and I still love the mug. But it, every time I drink out of it, it makes me mad that it's like, this isn't canon. Like, it's not a Dunder Mifflin mug. Yeah, it's funny. This, uh, the Shroot Farms mug, uh, my girlfriend bought it for me because I had a uh, I had an office mug that said every day is pretzel day with the the office and a, and a and a pretzel and she dropped it and it broke. <gasps> yeah, she felt bad and bought me this uh bought me this mug like the next day. <laughs> bad man. Yeah. But enough about the office. We could talk about the office another time. We're going to dive into the the wide receivers and tight ends. This is going to be very similar to last week's episode except we are uh looking at other positions for free agent wide receivers. We have five of them. Um, we have two cut candidates and we have three tight ends. You want to start with the wide receivers? I want to start with the wide receivers. So that's what we're going to yeah, do. Yeah, let's do it. Green Bay's own undrafted Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard had his best year of his, I want to say young career, but he, he was an undrafted older um, collegiate product. 100 targets in 2022, uh, 60 receptions, which was a career high, 788 receiving yards. His catch percentage did drop down to just 60%, which was a career low. Um, I think that could be attributed to the the amount of targets he was seeing and having to be forced fed a little bit more from Aaron Rodgers. And then we saw Christian Watson come on late in the year and really take over as the alpha in that offense after Alan Lazard had a very nice start to the season, buoyed by touchdowns mostly, but then he dealt with injuries and such, and it just wasn't as effective to close out the year. He's hitting the free agent market. Um, I had a lot of trouble trying to figure out a team that Alan Lazard could go to because Alan Lazard, he's a Same. decent player, but he does not have any like standout abilities. Like, yeah, he's big. He could go up and get the ball he's not particularly super fast like he's just a he's a receiver that's just like a middling wide receiver in the nfl no offense to alan lazard um but for me i decided that he's going to go to a team that may not want to spend too much money on the wide receiver position maybe would target it in the draft because they're dealing with a quarterback situation as well and that's the new york giants um it's going to, well, time will tell if they re-sign Daniel Jones. We're also going to have a quarterback episode coming up soon. Um, or they, they got to get that QB situation sorted out. Daniel Jones had a nice season this year, throwing to nobody most of the year and just going through Isaiah Hodgins, the, the Sterling Shepherds while he was healthy. Kenny Galladay with his one catch on the year, right? Like Darius, <laughs> Darius Slayton is now a free agent as well. Um, so I think, uh, the Giants may not be looking to spend up huge money on a wide receiver. I could see Alan Lazard getting a 
eight to ten million dollar deal, one or two years for the Giants, just looking to add bodies to that wide receiver room. And Al Lazard has at least been able to play in uh, the majority of his games that he's been in in the league. It's not like he's a huge injury risk, um, and he's certainly better than uh, most of the players in that uh, in that locker room now for the New York Giants with Sterling Shepard and Darius Slay and hitting free agency. So I think he could uh, make a impact right away for New York, Daniel Jones or whoever's at the helm at the QB position. But yeah, Al Lazard was a tough one for me, Matt. I ended up settling on the Giants. He was the last one that I that I targeted here because I was having so much trouble trying to figure out a landing spot for Alan Lazard. Yeah. I mean, it, it's always rough doing these things when you're like, I mean, you kind of said it, no offense. And like, I, I don't want, I don't want them to like, you know, come at me on Twitter when I'm name dropping them for these reasons. But yeah, like I think Alan Lazard has kind of just shown us who he is as a player. He's not a wide receiver one. He's not a high volume target earner. And I think that teams are going to value him the same way. But there's something kind of interestingly almost opposite, I think, with this wide receiver free agent class, um, opposite of the running backs. Where we were saying it might be hard to see these running backs reset the market because of how many high value options there are. Mm-hmm. I feel almost the opposite with the wide receiver free agent class. Like, I think they might throw a little more money at these guys than necessary. Christian Kirk style. Um, Christian Kirk style because of how few options there are. That said, I do have Alan Lazard in the same like projection of a 10 to $12 million per year, uh, or AAS, uh, average annual salary. Um, probably a three year, 32 roughly kind of million dollar contract. Same idea of a contract as you. I'm just giving him the extra year. And I think best fit landing spot because He's had the number one wide receiver option and, and got surpassed by two rookies, actually. Romeo Dubs was also outproducing him at certain points in the season as well. True. I think he's best served as a wide receiver three on a team that needs a bigger guy, a red zone option, and is probably losing one via trade. I have him going to the Cardinals. Hmm. The Cardinals. That's that's interesting because he wouldn't he certainly wouldn't be like a, a key cog in that offense. Well, and absolutely. And exactly. I don't think he's I don't think he's quite capable of being a key cog in any offense. Now, the Giants are probably the hottest market for every wide receiver in this free agent class, to be honest, Um, considering that, you know, they have decent draft capital, but probably want to allocate it elsewhere with them just making the playoffs and having obviously a few holes on the in the secondary, a few holes in the offensive line. Um, the Bears are another really wide receiver needy team, the Ravens as well. But I, I don't think that those teams are going to value Alan Lazard as their, you know, that two to three year option where he can be the number one guy. So yeah. I, I like them on the Cardinals, Hollywood, Rondale. They're probably going to trade Nuke. I mean, it's been one of the hottest rumors all offseason. So, yeah. What do you think he's gonna get in terms of uh in terms of money per year? Because you got guys like Zay Jones got three years, twenty four million, who at this point that seems like he was underpaid when you got guys like MVS who got three years, thirty million, um, Hunter Renfro, two years, thirty two and a half million, like Tim Patrick, if you remember, three Tim years, thirty four million before yeah, like, before yeah, he ended up missing the market the entire really reset year. too. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, that said, I, I think probably with his age, um, with the free agent class, like looming in 2024, not being so hot as well, right? Like it's not really until 2025 where you see these like CD lamb, Justin Jefferson, Jamar chase would all of those, or I guess not Jamar a year later than that, but all of those guys would be their fifth year options, um, would be up. So it, it's going to be a while before the free agent market and wide receivers gets hot again. So I've got them around three years, 28 to 32. 
Fair enough. That makes sense. Um, our next player, Matt, I had to I had to give this to you because you're his guy, and I'm definitely not his guy. Um, you might be yeah, able to fun. figure that out already uh, based <laughs> on the the way I'm saying it, and that is Jacoby Myers of the or formerly of the New England Patriots. I'll just let you jump right into Jacoby Myers because the people know I'm not his uh, his biggest fan. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll go big screen here too. Yeah, 14 games played, 67 receptions, 95 targets. That was a 22% target share. Wide receiver 29 in target share. 803 yards, six touchdowns, which is obviously you know touchdowns are the most unpredictable of all stats and he finally regressed towards the norm for the opportunity share that he was seeing throughout his career 19th in yards per route run 25th in yards per team pass attempt wide receiver 29 in points per game i do love jacoby myers and he's been nothing but an above average producer with below average um praise for what he does on the field obviously i don't really i'll concede and say that i don't think that he's the wide receiver one in this um free agent class but I mean, he actually might be the best wide receiver in the free agent class, if we're being honest. Uh, yeah, arguably. Pro- yeah, arguably. Yeah. So I, I would have him pretty close to some some of the other options, especially some of those cut candidates. Um, but I do think that teams are going to target Jacoby as the secondary or tertiary target earner in an offense. It doesn't need to be a high volume passing offense, although obviously we want if you're talking about perfect fit, we want all of these receivers to go to a team that passes the ball 42 times a game. That said, I think True. wide receiver two or more so like secondary target earner on the team, uh, a team that's desperate need of depth and instant contender. I love Jacoby Myers on the Kansas City Chiefs. Interesting. I love it. The Kansas I love City it. Chiefs. I, I think he can easily function as a mid-tier wide receiver one option. Obviously, Juju's a free agent as well. MVS isn't really ever going to earn more than 18 to 20% of the targets on any offense that he's on. Jacoby's earned 20 to 24% of the targets on every offense he's been on. And he's also very cheap for the money that the Kansas City Chiefs have available, um, especially if they restructure some stuff after Super Bowl, which you obviously see a lot of Super Bowl contending teams do. They have a lot of guys willing to take a little bit of that bonus up front to be able to elongate their winning window. Four years for 48 to 50 million, that would be 12 uh, annual average salary of around 12 million a year. I think that's right around market average and probably a little bit below when you see what guys like Christian Kirk got paid. And obviously Jacoby produced very similar numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's the perfect fit for him. I think that's a team that he would want to obviously go to, as every team does. And then they have two major um, wide receivers entering free agency this offseason in McCole Hardman and Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, fair enough. When you talk about that uh, that value, you got guys like Tyler Boyd, who got four years, $43 million. Um, Aaron Rob- Allen Robinson got three years, $45 million. That's looking terrible. Brandon Cooks, two years, $40 million. I wouldn't be surprised if Jacoby Myers gets something in that range. Corey Davis, three years, thirty-seven and a half million. He's another cut candidate. Um, we're not going to be discussing him though, because you know he's Corey Davis. But uh, <laughs> I do shade. think the Chiefs. Yeah, I do think the Chiefs make sense. I want to. I want a different route instead of putting him on a team uh, ready to win it all. I thought Jacoby Myers. Well, shout out. To, firstly, shout out to Jacoby Myers and Alan Lazard, the first two players we're talking about. Both undrafted free agents and now making a name for themselves in the NFL, which is always very cool. Obviously, I give Jacoby Myers some some shit, um, but he's been a pretty solid wide receiver several years now. All the stats he ran through, he was pretty uh, impressive this year, despite the quarterback situation being not so great in New England. 
um, which is why I have him going to the Indianapolis Colts. I think they need a oh, weapon. That makes a lot of sense. A weapon outside of Michael Pittman that they could trust. Um, Paris Campbell finally started showing out a little bit this season, but he is always injured. And otherwise, they just have not had any impactful wide receivers. And you saw it hurt them um, several times this year, not really having any trustworthy wide receivers outside of Michael Pittman, who they had to force feed a bit just because like they, they were throwing him short balls near the line of scrimmage, like stuff you didn't really expect to see um, this year out of Indianapolis. And now they got Shane Steichen coming in as their new head coach, um, the offensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles, trying to mix it up. Obviously, they need to get their quarterback situation figured out. Um, but I think Jacoby Myers in that landing spot makes a ton of sense opposite Michael Pittman, trying to get another young, hungry wide receiver in there to uh, to to eat some targets and to uh, help the Colts maybe go through a quick a quick turnaround rather than the, the long stage Jets style, not making to the playoffs ever turnaround. <laughs> but uh, hopefully, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, comes no, to the Jets. I actually think that uh, I think that landing spot makes a ton of sense, especially for the way that they scheme their wide receivers and, and the types of wide receivers that they've traditionally brought in and the guys that they like. Like they just like big dudes, right? They don't necessarily need the most athletic guys. They like big targets and they like running that spread offense um, when they do pass the ball. Obviously, run heavy. I think the Colts is a good fit. And and yeah, something that they're very much going to need. Uh, Alec Pierce, second season, hopefully a little bit of a bump. But Paris Campbell, another one of those, you know, kind of free agents that we're not really talking about because his impact hasn't really been yeah. there, nor yeah. is his health. Yeah, not at all when it comes to his health. Um, the next wide receiver we're going to be talking about is none other than Super Bowl champion and uh, comedian Juju Smith-Schuster. <laughs> himself look juju has had a a bit of a strange career like he had an absolutely ridiculous first two years in the league like age adjusted 2017 and 2018 at age 21 and 22 he put up over 2300 yards and 14 touchdowns like that is some of the best work we've ever seen from a 21 and 22 year old wide receiver in the nfl since then he's been dealing with injuries over and over and just his abilities have not matched what we saw his first two seasons in the league since then he topped out at 933 receiving yards which was this past year 101 targets this past season with Patrick Mahomes 78 receptions three touchdowns 78 933 and three isn't terrible um, but it's certainly not what people wanted from Juju with the Chiefs offense this year but again he dealt with injuries um, throughout the season as well and he was he uh, he got absolutely derailed in one of the in one of the games and uh now he's hitting the free agent market at the same age as jacoby myers 26 years old juju is an interesting one for me because we saw the ability to be like a star in the past and then we saw over the last four years i think that's kind of i think that's kind of gone away like juju is who he is i think at this point he's not he's never gonna relive that 2018 season 111 receptions 1400 yards seven touchdowns like that was an all-time season for him, but he's hitting the open market after a, a, a decent season, up and down season with the Kansas City Chiefs, and I think he goes to a team that is in need of wide receiver weapons. They just let go of a wide receiver, looking to get younger, and that is the Tennessee Titans. Um, I like Tennessee as a landing spot for Juju alongside Traylon Burks. Try to get something going in that wide receiver room. Kyle Phillips is a guy apparently that they like, but they're not going to go into the season with Kyle Phillips as the wide receiver too. I wouldn't expect they 
desperately, 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 or Nick Westbrook-Akine needed wide receiver help this year, especially when Traylon Burks missed time. Um, Robert Woods missed a whole ton of the season as well, and he just wasn't super effective when he was healthy. Obviously, Tannehill missed some time. This is another spot where the question, the QB spot is a little bit of a question mark. Ryan Tannehill is still there, but there's some rumblings that they're looking to maybe trade him away, maybe go for a a younger quarterback, or I don't think Malik Willis is the answer. But nonetheless, Juju Smith-Schuster signed a, what was it, one-year $10 million deal, I believe, that it was very easy simple deal with Kansas City, kind of like a prove it deal. And I think he did prove that he's at least worth that type of money. I could see the the Tennessee Titans going out and giving him three years, 36 million, three years, 38 million, something in that range um, to help out Traylon Burks ascend as a uh, the 1A in that offense, as they hope he can be. And I do think it gives them the depth at the wide receiver position that they need and the uh, a talented wide receiver who hopefully he could stay healthy um, moving forward. So I got Juju heading to Tennessee. Matt, Juju's a guy we have agreed upon in the past as being a Juju fans. Where do you have him going? Very in, much so. Uh, the next yeah, ve- very much a Juju fan. Very disappointed in his Kansas City outlook because if we're talking about best fit and landing spot, it doesn't get better than playing with Patrick Mahomes, you would assume. So yeah. it, it there's not really much more of a ceiling of production that you can assume from Juju, which obviously you alluded to as well. He's a big-bodied slot guy. He's not going to just all of a sudden move to the outside. He'll maintain his slot role, and he'll be decently productive, hopefully in a fully healthy season as well with the concussion injury that he had this year. He can be even more so productive. I'm sure we would have seen him top 1,000 if he hadn't missed those games. That said, there's a team in the NFC that is losing a perennial slot receiver just to age. He's not really going anywhere on the roster, but his production hasn't been anywhere near. And... um, They were an overachieving playoff team that got bounced by an overachieving playoff team. I think Juju on the Minnesota Vikings is probably as good as it gets for fit. He's the the new Adam Thielen. They don't have a wide receiver two outside of Thielen. Thielen has lived his entire life in the slot, consistently leading the league and and snaps out of the slot um, when he is healthy. And when he's playing a full role, that role diminished greatly. You saw KJ Osborne kind of take a bit of a step up, but he's really nothing more than a jag. I think Juju alongside Justin Jefferson um, in that slot role, TJ Hawkinson, obviously, as well. That's probably the best fit that I can see for him. Also, get out, get out of the AFC where you don't have to compete against Mahomes. (laughs) Yeah, that's a... I like that landing spot because I actually considered that landing spot and before I ultimately settled on a uh, settled on Tennessee. So nice, man. And I have him in, nice. the, in this kind of similar contract value. I do think that Minnesota would be willing to give him a multi-year deal, probably three years around 13, 12, a little bit of a bump from Kansas city, but it would, it's also going to depend on, I really do think that Jacoby's probably going to be the highest paid free agent in this class. So if he hits the market first and it's around 12 and a half, like we were projecting, then Juju is definitely going to get paid below that. Fair enough. Um, the next player we're going to be discussing has one of the best names in the game. If you like to sing. DJ Chuck, DJ Chuck, DJ Chuck, or Jamie Tart, bro. Ted Lasso season three coming out middle of March. Fire. I'm hyped. I'm hyped. But yeah, DJ Chark is the next man up. Look, DJ Chark had uh, has had an interesting career, right? Like he is uh, did not do much as a rookie um, out of LSU, and then his second season broke out, seventy three catches, a thousand eight yards, and since then it's kind of been 
uh, not very good career for him. Dealt has been dealing with a lot of injuries, of course, too. It always seems injuries steps in for um, the players who break out and then just kind of start dwindling away, which is unfortunate. But he did have some uh, some decent games this year with Detroit. Facts. Was only was only healthy in 10 games this year, but he put up 52 yards, 46 yards, a game with 98 yards, a game with 94 yards, a game with 108 yards. Like in more than half his games, he's put up 45 plus yards, which is not not irrelevant. Um, 30 receptions in those games as well continues to show that he can be a deep threat at the very least um, in this league. So, Matt, why don't you hit me with uh, your landing spot and outlook for DJ Chark this season? Yeah, so, I mean, you kind of nailed it. it. It's tough with DJ Chark. He falls into the same line of these free agents where you're kind of hitting that. Are they going to be even be NFL producers anymore? Like, I certainly think he's going to have a role in an offense, as he did in Detroit, in, in a, a deep ball decoy, maybe even like a gadget-esque speedster role, kind of similar to what Curtis Samuel does in Washington. Not really that Debo level, but some more manufactured touches, so to speak. I think Chark can still have some fantasy-relevant games as well. Otherwise, we wouldn't be touching on him. That said, it's going to be really difficult for him to find an offense that is highly functioning enough and pass focused enough to allow him to produce at a startable rate in a wide receiver three role. That said, I think there is one and I think it's similar spot to what he has in Detroit, but maybe even a higher functioning offense. I've got shark landing with the Dallas Cowboys. Hmm. The Dallas Cowboys. Interesting. More they a- certainly need a, a wide receiver in there. Like Lamb and Gallup just isn't enough. They're expected to not sign Schultz, which we'll obviously get to in a few minutes. Yeah. Um, but that that's a that really is like a lot of production and tar- Noah Brown's not the answer. You know, a lot of production and targets to be picked up off the table. And I think if we can get DJ Chark 65 targets again in a more healthy role, 70 even in that Dallas offense, you're going to see some good flex weeks from him for sure. I like it. I think that makes a ton of sense. I want to... I did not agree with you on this one again. I'm still waiting for us to to agree somewhere. There's um, gonna be one. But my landing spot for for DJ Chark is is I, I'm I'm looking at it this way. The Chicago Bears have the first overall pick in the draft. They're not drafting a wide receiver there, right? Maybe they trade out of it and go lower, and then they draft a wide receiver. Um, but as of now, they wouldn't be able to get one of those high end wide receiver products. And as we discussed, the free agents this year are not ideal if you're a wide receiver needy team clearly the chicago bears are a wide receiver needy team otherwise they wouldn't have traded uh the first pick in the second round to acquire chase claypool um this past season yeah they still have darnell mooney on the roster so mooney and claypool is a decent starting point velis jones the old man that they drafted doesn't look like he's going to be a real helpful asset it was a little odd that they decided to draft velis jones where they did um, but that's neither here nor there. And then Equinemia St. Brown is a free agent as well. Um, so it's a wide receiver needy team. And I just thought DJ Chark made sense here as a, a field stretcher um, alongside Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney. Um, a, a, a wide receiver room of Mooney, Chark, and Claypool, I don't think is the worst thing. Like, it's certainly not great, but it, it gives better. me... It gives me Jaguars vibes of like Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, you know, going into the season. Now they have Calvin Ridley, of course, which is much better. But 
it's certainly an upgrade. And with Justin Fields' rushing ability, which is obviously the thing people always key in on when it comes to his passing ability, his ability to, even though he takes so many sacks, but whatever. I'm not going to turn this into a Justin Fields debate, <laughs> but he could scramble and elongate plays. And I think DJ Chark would be a very good asset for him in that aspect to uh, to get get open downfield, chuck it downfield with his height and speed. Um, let's not forget that DJ Chark is a six four man out there. He's a very large human. I mean, as long as he stays healthy, I think it makes sense as a a deep threat for for uh, for the Chicago Bears and Justin Fields. Yep. Yeah. I mean, they 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 could be the number one suitor for every single name that we're listing today. To be honest. Yeah. The next player we're going to be talking about, Matt, is a player who we, you know, there was a lot of names we could have put in here as a fifth wide receiver. There's, there's a lot of wide receiver options. None of them are really great per se, but this guy seems to make plays when he is healthy. That's just been his issue. He doesn't, he hasn't been healthy often. And that's Sterling Shepard. Um, his first several seasons in the league, not bad by any means 680 receiving yards eight touchdowns as a rookie then he had back-to-back years of over 730 receiving yards six touchdowns during that time um but over the past two seasons just eight total games started in that time span because of injuries over the last two seasons just 500 ish receiving yards just two receiving touchdowns not ideal but he is he has been a valuable weapon when healthy. He is 30 years old, so we're looking at a guy who likely signs a one-year deal or maybe a two-year deal for, like, I, I can see, like, a one-year $6 million deal, two-year $12 million deal, like a baby deal for Sterling Shepard because, let's be honest here, he doesn't really have much, you know, much to back on anymore. Like, he can't he can't go to these teams and be like, look what I've done because he hasn't been on the field. Um so my landing spot for him was the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, if Keenan Allen gets cut, who will we be talking about uh, shortly? They're going to need a Keenan Allen-esque type player. I think Sterling Shepard fits that bill a little bit. Um, he's certainly not Keenan Allen, but he does have that same style of play. And the Los Angeles Chargers are going to need wide receiver weapons outside of Mike Williams, who is very good, but he continues to get hurt. Um DeAndre Carter had to step up last season and like Jalen Guyton and Josh Palmer and company like their wide receiver room certainly needs help. Um, and I think spending a small amount of money on a player who could make an impact if healthy, that's a big if they're going to need to get more players other than Sterling Shepard. That's 100% a fact. But if he remains healthy, I do think Sterling Shepard makes a ton of sense for the Chargers if they do go ahead and uh, part with Keenan Allen. Even if they don't part with Keenan Allen, I do think um, Sterling Shepard makes a ton of sense landing in in la Matt, how you feel about sterling i mean i don't feel great about him um (laughs) i I think he probably i do think right on the money there and and no pun intended but that's essentially the contract that he's going to get it's going to be one year it's going to be do you have anything left in the nfl and can you help this team that said i I kind of think sterling shepherd is going to be signed into like a locker room guy type role and, and for me, he just screams Houston Texan. Like Sterling Shepard just seems like the type of guy that Houston Texans are just waiting to hit free agency. Like he's cheap. He's going to be productive if healthy. Um, they don't have, you know, 
God willing, uh, hopefully John Mechie can make a full recovery and return to the NFL field, and they'll have some youth and some depth there with a very talented player. But obviously, Nico Collins is not the answer, and that's it. End of conversation. Yeah. That's our entire wide receiver room. Um, I think Sterling Shepard is very much the guy that you like having. And this is not even really a fantasy perspective, certainly narrative-based, but I think Sterling Shepard is a guy that, especially a D'Amico Ryans-type coach, looks at a guy like that, his experience in the league, what he's been through both with the recovery of the injuries, the mentality of staying strong and being productive every time he does return, not allowing it to like ruin his career or break it down. I think that's the type of guy that you look and go, look, we're building a young team here. We have a ton of assets we're going to spend some of those assets on offensive players. Sterling Shepard is the type of guy that I want to teach these guys how to be professionals. I like it. I like that landing spot. I could definitely see that as well. Um, it's really going to be, I think, whoever says, here's the most money Sterling Shepard. Because if he gets hurt again and doesn't play next year again, then he's going to be 31 years old, not playing for basically three right. straight years. It's going to be hard to, to really get paid after that. That's it for the free agent wide receivers. We're going to get into two cut candidates who are who we think are pretty darn likely to get cut. And then uh, yep. the three, <laughs> the three top tight ends who are hitting free agency. And Matt, it's your it's your boy. Yeah, your boy himself, Michael Thomas of the New Orleans Saints. Why don't you get into Michael Thomas? Because I know uh, this one hits you in the feels. <laughs> for sure. I, I've been saying this for quite a while. I, I didn't even think that, you know, past the ankle surgery, I genuinely didn't think that Michael Thomas was going to play another snap for the Saints. Now he ended up suiting up for three games. The production is not really worth touching on, although he was wide receiver five in points per game in that three game span. So had to say it, had to say it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> obviously and i mean so that said mt can produce um it's it's so hard for me to even value him as a fantasy asset because he's never been anything but a wide receiver one when healthy i think teams are certainly going to view him as someone valuable i think the saints are absolutely going to cut him and we're reaching that around 22 to 23 day window um before they have to pay him that 43 million dollar guaranteed money i've dropped this guy's name on the podcast a few times but nick underhill is my favorite beat writer in the nfl and he's the beat writer for my favorite team but nick has tapped in more than any other beat writer and he's so unbiased even though he covers his favorite team in the new orleans saints and he said it was going to be like a three to four part process they were going to restructure mt's contract to move that guaranteed money deadline beyond the cut date that they were going to restructure Ramchek's um the star right tackles contract which they did today and then it would be Lattimore and um Cameron Jordan would need to be restructured and then they would cut Michael Thomas and that those three moves would put them at cap compliance again I've we've talked about how Mickey Loomis is an absolute cap genius they're going through the steps like it's literally happening the exact same way that Underhill would say it so if they restructure Lattimore in the coming days like you can guarantee MT's getting cut all of that said, it's his best role is Michael Thomas, a high volume, short yardage target earner, probably need to move him to the slot and no longer have him play on the outside so that he doesn't have to deal with intense press coverage in his later age. And obviously that ankle hasn't necessarily held up. So you want to mitigate some of that risk. And it has to be a team that can also take that risk on with enough youth and power on their offense that if MT does go down, they can kind of survive that window and hopefully have some production. You might like this one. I think MT's best fit is the New York Jets. I think hey you stop playing. 
I think Corey Davis is gone. I think you stop putting Elijah in the slot. You have a veteran producer there. They probably are going to go out and get that quarterback, regardless of how much it costs them. I think MT to the Jets with Elijah and Wilson on the outside. Now, that quarterback might cost them Elijah more, which even makes more sense to bring in a guy like MT. No pun intended. More for more. More for more. (laughs) I would not be upset if the Jets went ahead and got Michael Thomas. Bring in Michael Thomas. Bring in Aaron Rodgers. Come on. What are we doing here, guys? Come on. Do it. And uh, as far as contract too, like expected contract, I say one to two year veteran discount deal because Nola's going to front a bunch of that backlogged contract in uh, like, you know, they're going to have to give him a salary bonus or the signing bonus essentially right away when they cut him to avoid the dead cap hit against their salary cap. So I I think MT would be more than comfortable to take a veteran discount for one to two years on a team that obviously the, the Jets to me are like the most one QB away team in the NFL. Like we're a quarterback away. They're the most like, other than the 49ers, they're the most like quarterback away team in the NFL. No. Yeah. I agree with you. Uh, My landing spot for Michael Thomas, same type of idea where you're going to a team where you think you could win now. Um, And like you said, the saints are probably gonna have to cover a lot um, of, of the contract and such. And look, Michael Thomas, it's been, it's been rough recently like he didn't play in 2021 in 2020 he played he was able to just put up 438 yards ton of injuries this season just 171 yards i think people forget just how dominant he was prior to that starting his rookie season i mean and 2019 the guy had 1725 receiving yards which is just absurd um justin jefferson-esque eliteness there and i think he goes to a team where he could not have he's not going to be forced into being the main guy he may want that um but i think at this at this point he's going to turn 30 years old um and he's been dealing with a bunch of injuries and he wants to win i am going through the buffalo bills who let's be real gabriel davis has not been the answer as the wide receiver two he could be a wide receiver three deep threat sure um isaiah mckenzie khalil shakir and company like Maybe Khalil Shakir breaks out, but I don't think the Bills are going to want to wait and see. Um, And without many impact wide receivers here, maybe they go after wide receiver in the draft. I think that would make a ton of sense. But if they're able to get Michael Thomas on a deal where it's kind of like a prove it one or two year deal, see if you could be Michael Thomas again alongside Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen and company. I think that could be a lot of fun and could boost Michael Thomas's value for maybe another contract after a one year deal. Um, and also help the Bills try to finally grasp that ever-elusive championship that they keep falling short of every single season in this uh, Josh Allen era. So that's where I have Michael Thomas going. I, I would I would love that. I mean, a, a get, get my boy a ring. I would love it to be anywhere. I Just big market, too. Like, I think for whatever reason, MT's always felt like a money guy. No, and I don't mean that by any disrespect I, whatsoever. I but like exactly like he yeah he knows how to run the business of being an nfl superstar yeah (laughs) next man the next cut candidate here is he's going to be 31 years old when the season starts he is scheduled to make a whopping 21.7 million dollars this year yeah a dead cap hit of just 6.9 million which is a decent amount of a decent amount of money if they cut him but it is a roughly 15 million million dollar difference savings um for a team 
that I mean, $15 million available helps any team. And we are talking about Keenan Allen of the Los Angeles Chargers, who, look, Keenan Allen has been one of the best receivers of the decade, someone you could trust, someone who the Chargers have uh, have really turned into a, a star um, throughout his career. But he's always kind of dealt with injuries here or there, and that continued again this season. Just 89 targets this year. Um, his the the first time he's he's seen less than 100 targets since 2016 a lot of it had well obviously that had to do with injury but 66 receptions 752 receiving yards four touchdowns i don't think there's a question if Keenan Allen can still be a very very good wide receiver in the NFL um but i do think there's a question if now 31 years old do you want to pay him as much as the Chargers are paying him if not he hits the open market and a team that wants a veteran i think on a one or two year deal to continue their absolutely historic run is the kansas city chiefs um they were able to annihilate the league this year with juju mvs and nobody else really Michael hardman he ended up getting hurt sky Moore didn't do much as a rookie and patrick mahomes still absolutely tore apart the entire nfl alongside travis kelsey and company travis kelsey is going to be another year older Jarek mckinnon is hitting the open market I think Keenan Allen to KC just makes too much sense. Like I said, entering his age 31 season, he's never won a ring. Once you get older in the league, you know your time's running out. Like Keenan Allen must, how many years does he have left? Two, three, four years if he's lucky. Um, who knows how long he'll be able to play at a high level as well. I think the Chiefs will be able to get the most out of him and he gets to go fight for a ring for the really the first time to have an actual shot at winning a, a ring in his career. So I think Keenan Allen ending up in Casey would be a ton of fun and makes a makes a ton of sense, especially with Juju leaving as well. Um, that one year, $10 million deal. Maybe you could go get Keenan Allen for not $10 million, but maybe a one year, $18 million type deal. Yeah, I mean, I love that. And I actually thought we were going to have our our first agreement here because the logic for me is exactly the same. I mean, if the Chargers decide to move on from Keenan Allen's lofty contract, um, and obviously allocate cap space elsewhere. I think he could basically hand pick his selection of NFL teams and take whatever contract he wants because they're going to have to give some yeah, of that money up front, similar to MT. We have the exact same logic. I just chose the Eagles. Ah, exact same logic. Though, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I just chose the Eagles, and the Eagles obviously they have Devontae Smith, obviously they have AJ Brown, but with that, they are still one of the top teams tied to wide receivers and free agencies in the draft. Um, continuously talked about as going after another wide receiver in the draft, probably in the second or third round this time, but with a pretty decent rookie class, you could see that happening. I could also see them attacking one of these cut candidates. Uh, honorable mention too is Brandon Cooks obviously might be moving on from the Texans. Cut, trade, whatever it may be. He's still under contract for two years with them, so it might be a little tougher, but that said, you know, I could definitely see the Eagles being one of the top suitors for any of those cut veteran candidates in their ring chase and staying with as many draft picks and under the cap as they are like the Eagles are in just such a great position. Um, Keenan Allen's such a perfect fit. They don't have a slot receiver, the one position that they kind of have ignored um, and they don't go over the middle a lot. And you see it kind of affects them in certain ways. You do have Dallas Goddard there, but Jalen Hurts progressing as well as he has as a quarterback. The more weapons that you give him, the more success that you're going to have. I do not disagree with the word you just said, but we have the, uh, the same mindset here. Go get yourself a ring, Mr. Keenan Allen. You deserve Please. it. It's been Absolutely. a long time.
Um, we are now heading over to the tight ends, and we are going to start with the number one tight end um, on the market. Arguably, I'd I'd say so, and that's Dalton Schultz of the Dallas Cowboys, who a bit of a late bloomer, right? His first two seasons in the league did not do much, um, and then year three broke out a little bit, 63 receptions, 615 receiving yards, and four touchdowns for Dallas the year after his best year in the league in 2021, 78 receptions, 808 yards, and eight touchdowns, Re- reverted a little bit this year, um, 57 receptions, 577 yards, and five touchdowns, but still a very solid tight end in the league and hitting free agents hitting free agency at an age of just 26 years old and we see we're seeing tight ends get big money these days right like David Njoku who didn't really do much his first several seasons in the league got a four-year 54.7 million dollar contract from Cleveland kind of shocking Dawson Knox four years 52 million Darren Waller three years 51 Johnny Smith got four years and 50 million and he doesn't even play really. Like he's basically <laughs> he's basically an offensive lineman, right? Facts. Like yeah. Hunter Henry, three years, thirty-seven and a half million. This now's a good time to be a tight end. And Dalton Schultz is now hitting the open market. And I think he goes to a team where their quarterback position is slightly slightly confusing. Um the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. Look, Jordan Love, maybe he's a QB. Maybe Aaron Rodgers in his darkness retreat decided I need to stay in Green Bay and win it for Wisconsin. Let's see what he what he says. He have, apparently is out of his darkness retreat now. <laughs> his darkness retreat. I couldn't help yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Dalton Schultz, I think, look, they we've seen tight ends make impacts in um, in Green Bay before the Jermichael Finleys of the world. And look. Robert Tunyon was basically Gary Barnaged himself into being a uh, helpful asset a couple years ago because they just needed a tight end to help them out. Um, it has not been very effective over the last year, and they need another weapon. They threw to Al Lazard, Romeo Dubs, and Christian Watson this year, and before Christian Watson broke out, it was like, who is Aaron Rodgers throwing to, and why can't anyone make a play on this offense? So I think Dalton Schultz heading to Green Bay makes a ton of sense. Maybe they attack the wide receiver position instead of the tight end position but um i do think getting a another weapon for either jordan love or Aaron Rodgers makes a ton of sense green bay is not a team that's just gonna sit back and try to go through a rebuilding process like they always try to win and dalton schultz will help them do that immediately and i think they'd i think you get a nice little a nice little contract too with the way these uh these tight ends are being paid these these days like if david ajoku was able to get four years 54 and a half million why wouldn't dalton schultz be able to get three years, 45 million or something in that range. So I think Dalton Schultz is going to go to a team in need of a help catching the ball and Green Bay Packers fit that bill. What say you, Matt? Yeah, I, I like the fit. I like the landing spot. I actually think he gets paid a little bit more than that. I certainly believe that Dalton Schultz is going to not reset the tight end market by any means, but he will get the most money. Um, and it's only going to be a short drop off from tagging him for the Cowboys they're by all accounts and all beats not expected to do that they're gonna let Dalton Schultz walk I think he gets a pretty sizable contract four years 60 million um that's citing sport sportrack.com as well so that that's currently his market value he's a certified tight end one man Uh, I mean yes later breakout but we see that all the time with tight ends and draft capital certainly doesn't matter as much when you're talking about production profiles um obviously after that breakout 
Dalton Schultz has been nothing but above average and, and great for the Cowboys versatility in both run blocking and pass catching, but I think he's going to serve best obviously as a vertical threat tight end, much like a, you know, a Kelsey light, but that role where he uh-huh. really is a receiving threat and a secondary target earner, the Detroit lions who needs a tight end more than the Detroit Ooh, lions. Nice. I, and I also think if the lions are looking, you know, at a trade back or potentially a Dalton Kincaid, Michael Myers in, in later rounds who are, are both expected to have pretty high draft capital actually coming out of this class. I think that might be dis um backwards thinking you know, uh, to what they're trying to build right now i think they need a veteran tight end in there i think they need somebody that's going to produce right away because they are a competing team however you want to cut it the lions are a competing team they're one win away from the playoffs right like they can really yeah. turn their turn their team around obviously they're going to stick with golf but i hope they look to attack a quarterback in the next few years um dalton schultz on a four-year contract he plays just until he's 30 for them as well and it's not you know, necessarily money to ignore, but it's certainly not money that hamstrings you for the future either. Yeah. A a four year, $60 million contract would be a bit surprising to me. Like in terms of AAV, like George Kittle makes 15 million a year. Darren Waller is the only tight end that makes over that 17 million a year after signing the three year, $51 million contract. So we'll see, but I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. A tight end market. That's why I had to. Increased. That's why I had to make sure, and it was the only one that I did it. But I was like, I'm citing Sport Rack, <laughs> like they, they, because he he is expected to kind of get of the most money of almost any free agent. When I was looking at their market value sightings, the next tight end that we will be discussing here is a tight end who just had his worst season since the uh, since his rookie year, and. That was because he wasn't on the field very often. He was kind of phased out of the offense, and that is Mike Kosicki, formerly of the Miami Dolphins, who, look, they had a lot of offensive weapons, and it was a question if Mike Kosicki would be able to fit in. He did not, but he's just 27, turning 28 um, this season, and now he has an open market. And we know that Mike Kosicki is an athletic human, a very, very athletic human. Very athletic human. (laughs) And... Look, whether whether or not he could block, whether or not he could uh, whatever, yo, he he could catch a damn ball and he's huge. He's six, six. He runs fast. He could jump like Mike Kosicki is a weapon that just has not been able to like he was good the last couple of years prior to 2022. But he was basically benched for Durham Smythe this past season because the Dolphins decided they didn't want to use him. And now he's a free agent market. And I think he goes to a team that uses him more like a wide receiver and for me i have him going to the dallas cowboys like you said dalton schultz is gone um after the down year that mike Kosicki just had i don't really think he's gonna be able to command anything super expensive like maybe he gets one year nine million two years 18 million something in that range um even if the cowboys don't want to spend up on dalton schultz they could get a uh a pass catching weapon who i think rivals dalton schultz and and mike Kosicki. Um, and they need another pass catching weapon similar to how I had Schultz going to Green Bay. Dallas had CeeDee Lamb ball out this season, but Michael Gallup was not great. Not great. Noah Brown is Noah Brown. Like they need another pass catching weapon in that offense. And I think uh, Mike Kosicki makes sense landing in Dallas to help out Dak Prescott and company. 
I think I may have overlooked that landing spot for Gusecki, to be honest, because that's so perfect for the way that they need a slot receiver. He's run most of his routes from the slot throughout his career until yeah. Mike McDaniel came and they needed, or at least he wanted to run the same offense that they had in San Francisco, which obviously George Kittle run blocking extraordinary, extraordinary. which is just Ayo. which is something that just Mike Gusecki doesn't do. And Durham Smythe's a very good run blocker, actually used to play fullback. So, yeah, um, it kind of just phased him out. And yeah. I don't like looking at these narratives, but it really is worth noting that they declined his fifth-year option, then just didn't put him on the field. And then one week before the trade deadline, he saw 90% of the snaps and had seven catches for 90 yards and two touchdowns. And then yeah. they couldn't trade him. And then his snap percentage went down below 50 again. Like, it's not like Mike Kosecki can't produce. The narrative very much was they don't want his contract to get to a point where they now have to re-sign him for big money. And yeah. obviously try to, you know, show the talent that he has to get a good return on the, on the trade market. Um, that said, Los Angeles Chargers are probably losing their slot receiver in Keenan Allen. It would be a Ooh, definitely nice. positive cap move. Um, secondary tertiary target as well, beside Mike Williams, Austin Eckler. You got a little Josh Palmer in there, but big bodied slot guy. He can certainly run 90% of his routes from the slot because he's done it in three consecutive seasons before last year. I have him right around that same money. I think he's, I think Miami did what they wanted to. Uh, they ruined his market value. Um, <laughs> so, you know, two years, three years, probably 24 million, like six and a half to eight AAV a year. That's that's really probably all Gusecki's him and his agent can command because he yeah. played all 17 games, suited up all 17, was na named the starter for 12 of them and played less than 50 percent of the snaps. I entirely agree. Um, he is not going to be able to uh, to command who, who knows, actually, with the, how weak the wide receiver position is. Maybe he gets signed as a like we like we were saying, a pass catcher slot wide receiver esque player. Um, finally. Not the worst tight end on the market by any means. Arguably, you could argue he's one, up there with Dalton Schultz. Yeah, and that's Evan Ingram of the Jacksonville Jaguars, who just had a career year um, in Jacksonville. 98 targets, 73 receptions, which was his career high. 766 receiving yards was a career high, and four touchdowns, which is a second best of his career. Look, Evan Ingram had some massive games for Jacksonville. Um proved to be a pass catching weapon, Trevor Lawrence and company. And I just, I, this is the only guy last week. I had one guy stay and that was Saquon Barkley. And for me, I kept Evan Ingram in Jacksonville. All signs are pointing to, we agree. Hey, all signs are pointing to Evan Ingram staying in Jacksonville. He tweeted something the other day. Like there was a, someone tweeted a, like a graphic of Evan Ingram with his stats. And someone was like, Oh, I thought this was, he responded. Oh, I like, I thought this was an announcement. And then Christian Kirk like quote tweeted it like, don't worry, you're not going anywhere. Like everyone apparently wants him to stay in Jacksonville. And he was clearly a great fit with Trevor Lawrence. Like he even the second half of the season was even way better than the first half. Like the rapport just kept building. And I don't think they're going to want to mess with that, especially with Calvin Ridley joining the fray now. Like they have a strong room of pass catchers and Evan Ingram fits that bill entirely. So I do think Evan Ingram stays in Jacksonville. Completely agree. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I completely agree with you. 100%. We It took us to the last guy, but we finally we did got it. there. Yeah. We did it. <laughs> Played all nice. 17 games. 
73 receptions, 766 yards, four, four touchdowns, but ninth in yards per route run and 10th in yards per team pass attempt. Like Evan Ingram was very efficient, very productive career year, kind of returning back to that. You know, he's a top five, six, eight, whatever you want to make the cutoff, because obviously after three, it's they're all the same, <laughs> but tight end um, in fantasy and in real life. I don't think he goes anywhere. I think Jacksonville wants to keep the exact same system they have, the exact same coaching staff they have, keep everything rolling. They're going to lose a little bit of veteran depth in Marvin Jones, but then they have Calvin Ridley coming in to obviously fill that spot and hopefully be a lot more productive than veteran Jones was. Evan Ingram in a, with a third year, or really what I like to call a second year Trevor Lawrence, because that Urban Meyer year is a mulligan. But a third year Trevor Lawrence producing at very, very high rates at certain points last year, showing a little inconsistencies. Hopefully those can be wiped away. I think you're going to see another top six um, tight end finish from Evan Ingram in Jacksonville. And it's the best fit for his offensive production. They like him there and you want him in somewhere that they like him. Yeah, no arguments for me. We finally agree to close out the wide receiver tight end free agent frenzy episode thank you guys for listening you can watch this again youtube.com slash proto fantasy go ahead and watch that so you can see my uh my shrewd farms mug that i discussed earlier in the episode patreon.com slash proto fantasy to support the show get access to the discord and much more it's always a, a fun time in the discord so please please join um the patreon if you feel so kind benefits start at just three dollars a month um i'm at proto ff mike matt where can they find you at psych ward ff Tim is at BrotoFF Tim. Cass is at BrotoFF Casanova. Jason is at BrotoFF Jason. At Broto Fantasy on Twitter. At FF Broto for the Broto app Twitter. Um, download the Fantasy Football by Broto app. And Please. we will see you next week where I believe we'll be discussing uh, quarterbacks. Yeah. Quarterback free agent frenzy. I think that's on the docket. So Absolutely. thank you guys. Thank you guys for listening and see you next week. Later. Peace.